I'm Michelle, certified personal trainer and certified nutrition coach. And I'm Marissa, and I'm a certified nutrition coach and group fitness instructor. And this is the Strong and Simple Podcast. We're tackling the latest fads, trends, and hot topics in the nutrition, wellness, and fitness industries using science and conversation to bust myths and give you the information you need to navigate the bullshit. Tune in for your twice a week truth bombs every Tuesday and Friday. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Strong and Simple podcast. This is one half of your hosting cohort, Marissa. <laughs> and hello, it's Michelle, the other half of your <laughs> co-hosting dynamic duo. <laughs> That's a, um, yeah, so I, I'm into true confessions. <laughs> um this is our second time recording this episode because the first time um, we only recorded my voice. <laughs> so if we if we sound well rehearsed, it's because we are well rehearsed. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see We're how this goes this time. I will say very it. well produced. Funny watching it back when I ask a question and then just silence as I'm nodding my head. <laughs> Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so hopefully uh, <sighs> we'll be full on this time. But um, yeah, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about um, performance plateaus and mm-hmm. when things just aren't feeling as good for you with whatever intentional movement is your jam. So, um, you know, if you're somebody who's working towards a specific goal or following a program and you're feeling like you're just not progressing and you're kind of stuck at the same point, or if you're having those days where you're like, come on, like this is this usually feels so much better than this. I don't know why everything feels harder today. Um, so those are things we're going to be talking about. Yeah. I love talking about this because I think that, you know, especially in the fitness world, there's always this um, mindset of if... I don't feel like doing something or I'm not hitting a new personal best or I'm kind of stuck in a rut. Like it's my fault. Um, There's a lot of like individualized, like lack of willpower or whatever um, that the fitness industry likes to throw at people. Like, well, if you're not progressing, you're not trying hard enough. If you are not feeling like doing a workout, you're lazy, right? Um, That like never miss a Monday kind of mindset um, and bullshit, no pain, no gain, um, toxicity that is so prevalent. Um, So I really love to talk about this because as human beings, we're all going to have days when our workouts are awesome. And then we're going to have days when our workouts are lackluster. And that could be because of so many different variables, right? Oh, yeah. So many different reasons. We're definitely going to dig into those today and give you some tips on how to maybe figure out what, you know, yeah. if any of those variables could be what's affecting you and maybe some ways to deal with some of them as well. Um, you know, last time we recorded this and it didn't record, my <laughs> landlord started vacuuming the hardwood floors above my head, like as soon as we hit record. And uh, now my dog's drinking water behind me for this one. So, we're gonna- oh, I can't even hear him. Oh, good. <laughs> This is great. We're getting fun background noise no matter what we do. <laughs> I think it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, people love dogs. It's great. Um, so anyway, so 
Um, I feel like starting out with the days where things just aren't feeling awesome is a good place to start. Yeah. I think that's a little bit more common for your average exerciser. Um, Absolutely. Plateaus come with, with more of a, a program and a direction. So for those days when, you know, maybe the weights are feeling heavier than they usually do or Zumba class is feeling, you're feeling more out of breath or whatever your jam is. Um, Michelle, what are the most common things that you see when you, the folks you're working with are just like, uh, not today. It's just not good today. Yeah. So the most common things that I tend to observe or have conversations with folks about are stress levels. And we know that, you know, exercise is really great to help relieve stress, but exercise is also a stressor on our bodies. So if we are already very stressed, either mentally or physically, um, if you've been doing more work around the house or around the yard, or if you have just transitioned into the 2022 school year as an educator, you might be feeling a little drained and stressed out this weekend heading into your workout, right? And um, that's definitely going to impact the amount of energy that you have to then expend um, and even focus um, on a workout. The other big thing is being underfed, um, where either intentionally or not intentionally, um, having not eaten enough um, before the workout um, or even in the days like cumul cumulatively leading up to the, the training session. So, um, and lack of sleep yes, yeah. um, is another big one. If you have not had adequate sleep, you are obviously going to feel more tired and that can also have a cumulative impact on things and that can impact stress level and stress level can impact sleep. So it's like this double-edged sword here. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting how like so many of the factors that could be playing a role in that feeling are so interconnected. Like, I mean, the sleep and the stress for one, stress can impact your appetite. Um, for sure. You know, I, I always mention alcohol as an example too, because sometimes mm. alcohol can really just negatively impact your performance. I know, um, not, I think it was this last weekend. It was kind of like a celebratory weekend. So I, I had a few drinks each night and mm. Monday rolled around. Those weights were feeling heavier than they usually oh, were. Sure. And they just was just like not feeling satisfied with my workout because of it. Um, so alcohol on its own can be uh, an issue when it comes to your performance, but also alcohol is a sleep disruptor. For sure. Your, um, alcohol can also impact your hormones. And guess what? Stress has a hormonal impact as well. So all of those things are, are really interconnected. So sometimes as you're digging in and trying to figure out what's going on, you might want to keep an open mind and try not to limit yourself to looking for just one factor. Sometimes it's multifaceted. I don't say that to make it overwhelming in any way, shape or form. Um, but humans are complicated and sometimes there's a lot of different things that are going on and we have to be able to recognize X, Y, and Z are in my control. And these other factors aren't. So I'm going to focus on the ones that are within my control. There's no point For in messing sure. out the, about the ones that aren't in your control, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
I do a lot of talking about the importance of having like a program to follow and like having structure, especially if you do have specific goals with your fitness, um, whether it's you're training for a competition or you just are, you know, have your eyes set on a being able to deadlift your body weight or something like that, right? Um, doing push-ups on your toes are oftentimes a goal that people that I work with have. And um, so to reach those goals, it is important to have a, a structure and a program to follow so that you are, and we'll get into this in a little bit, um, continuously challenging yourself to reach those goals. Yeah. But it's also okay to pivot. And I actually did this the other day. Um, as I mentioned, it's the start of the school year and um, I'm just getting back into the swing of things. I was in school from, you know, 7.30 or 7 o'clock, 7, 7.30 until almost three, four days in a row. And that's unusual for me um, after be having the summer off and kind of being on my own schedule and not waking up with an alarm clock and things like that. So um, even though my Fitbit has told me that my sleep has been really good, I am still under different stressors than I was a week ago. So instead of doing my scheduled strength workout, I decided to wait until, so this was Tuesday or Wednesday, I put it on hold and I did some, you know, cycling intervals instead. And I was able to just kind of like put the music on and not really think about things too much, just like work out my stress in that way. Um, and so I think sometimes there can be a, I got to follow this program exactly as it's written down to a T, but it's like, no, you can also take breaks um, yeah. and pivot and then get back to the workout. And I'm so glad that I did that because I did the strength workout yesterday and I actually was able to increase my weights on a couple of the exercises and things and would not have been able to do that, I don't think, yeah. um, the day be the when it was originally planned for. So yeah. I think, you know, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, that there's a lot of like just do the thing and follow the program. And if you like take a break or you adapt to the program, like there's something wrong with you or you're not trying hard enough. Or if you skip a workout, like you have a lack of willpower and discipline and it's like, no, it's okay to switch it up sometimes um, yeah. and take a break. Absolutely. Even if it's a thing that like normally is the thing that you love to do. Mm -hmm. or it's, you know, I, oh, I don't know why I keep using Zumba as, as an example. <laughs> I feel like, like Zumba people are diehard Zumbas. They are diehard yeah. um, Zumba people. Yeah. Zumba people. Zumba people. Zumba 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 Zumbites? I don't know. Zumba arenas. I love Zumba. I just want to put that out there. We're not making fun of people who love Zumba. I love Zumba. We're just saying that there are people who are like super into Zumba and I love that about them. I love that for them. It's awesome. It suits their personalities every single time. But, you know, just because that's the thing that really lights you up and you really love it doesn't mean that's the thing that's going to hit the spot every single time. And that's not anything about you. Like it's, you're just human. Just like, you you know, you might love mac and cheese, but you, you're not going to want to eat it every single day. Right. So 
you know, keeping in mind that there are other options available and maybe it's just that that thing isn't going to be the thing that hits the spot for you. I think your example is a really good example, Michelle. Like you got your movement in, you you checked the movement box, but you were able to choose something that helped you work out that stress. And sometimes yeah. like I find cardio and like lifting super heavy weights is really helpful for me when it comes to stress, just like working that shit out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that that's, that's something important. Let's keep your options open would be a good little piece of advice to translate yeah. all of this into one little bullet point. Um, and then I, I, we touched on this the first time we attempted to record this, <laughs> um, <laughs> but fuel, right? Like mm. think about fuel in terms of food all the time, but there is a more like abstract fuel that, that goes on for us too, as human beings. And sometimes we just don't have it. There are some days where maybe it's a combination of you've been stressed out and you've been sleeping terribly and like you just don't have it in you today. Or, you know, maybe it's just feeling stale or you're bored or something else is going on that's bothering you emotionally, anything like that. And you just don't have the fuel for it. You're just like, you know what? I'm tapped this week. I'm freaking tapped out. It's okay to take a rest day. You know, it's yep. like, it's okay to miss a Monday. So it's okay. To yep. out. It's okay to give your body what it needs. Some days what your body needs is just to chill out and that's totally okay. And that can be a reason why you're just not moving as well for whatever exercise you're doing. could be your body telling you, you know what? Sitting on the couch and watching some crap TV is actually what would do it for me today. You know? For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And you know, that doesn't mean that like you're a failure or lazy or anything. It's just, you are learning to listen to your body and get that feedback and make choices for yourself as an adult yep. um, and the decisions for your body. And I think that that kind of leads into like the next point, like, how do I know if I am just not like, I really need the rest day or like, could I try right and the piece of advice i typically give folks is do your warm-up go do your warm-up for your 10 10 minutes and check in how do you feel at the end of your warm-up are you still feeling like i don't fucking want to do this or are you feeling like all right i'm ready to go or it might be somewhere in the middle um yeah i'm gonna do this but i'm gonna maybe do three sets instead of four or maybe I'm going to do lighter weights and than I typically do, right? Like you might pivot the workout in from the workout. Um, chances are most of the time after you start with 10 minutes, the likelihood of just like abandoning the workout in totality is usually the less popular option. Usually once we get moving, we are more into it. We want to keep moving. Um, but that pivot and being able to know, like, it's okay if I don't increase all my weights today, or I do three sets instead of four. And then you know what? Like you might say, I'm going to go ahead and do two sets. And then you're almost done with your second set. And you might be like, all right, I'm going to do three sets. Okay. I'm going to finish up. Yeah. And it still might not be like the best workout ever, but you're still going to feel good when you finished it. Um, especially if you go into it with the angle of like compassion and kindness for yourself and that you're not pushing through so that like 
you can meet like some 75 hard challenge or something, but you're like pushing through perhaps because it actually makes your body feel better than you would laying on the couch watching crap TV. And there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes that's not actually going to fill our cup in the way that we think that it's going to. Yeah. If that makes sense. And so, you know, it's very, it's, it's nuanced. (laughs) Everything is nuanced. (laughs) So nuanced. I'm like getting so sick of that word now. I know. It's like, why can't things be simple? (laughs) You know, but I think that brings up the point of motivation and the fact that so many people often assume that like motivation is this thing that just happens like a lightning bolt that strikes you out of the blue. And so if you just sit there long enough, all of a sudden you're going to be struck with motivation. And if that doesn't happen, then you're just not motivated. Most of the time, what actually needs to happen if you're not feeling motivated is you need a little bit of action to get the snowball of motivation rolling Mm -hmm. so that it can pick up speed and continue to grow. Um, And you know, doing the warm up is literally that it's that, that little bit of action that can push that snowball of motivation down the hill and get it rolling. I think that that's, if we sit around and wait for motivation to strike, chances are it's not going to most of the time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, motivation is always going to be driven by some sort of reward factor, right? So like if something else is going to be more instantaneously gratifying and hitting um, an enjoyment or pleasure point in a more immediate sort of gratifying way than something else, that's usually going to trump doing the other thing, right? So um, that's why it can be so easy. Like, oh, I'm going to work out this afternoon. And then everybody at work is like, no, we're going to go out for, you know, happy hour together. And in the moment, yeah. And don't get me wrong. The socialization factor with colleagues is super, super important. Um, But then if you start to notice that, like, you're always skipping your workouts to go to happy hour, then that might be a conversation like maybe there's a different time of day to do your workouts, right? But this is a that's a conversation for another day. That was just to <laughs> it's a different like, <laughs> but the happy hour could be more instantaneously gratifying to fill yeah. your cup in a de-stressing sort of way, or like that socialization might be filling that cup in a different way than you are then thinking that the workout's going to. Yeah. Um like staying in bed, right? Like sometimes staying in bed is more instantaneously gratifying and now you're more motivated to stay in bed a little bit longer than to get up for that early morning workout that you were actually excited to do right the night before but now your bed's so comfy and the weather is perfect to you know snuggle under the covers it is now i want to go to bed thanks for that i know you're welcome <laughs> it's Cheers. cool out today mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so those are i think i think we kind of covered it that aspect of it, the the things that can be kind of ruining your day <laughs> um, or making you feel like it just isn't, isn't going the way you wanted it to. Yeah. And I mean, I think the point about being well-fed for a workout too, like this happens a lot um, 
especially over a period of time when I'm working with folks who perhaps are dieting Mm -hmm. or on some sort of calorie restriction or are micromanaging their food in, um, because they're trying to lose weight. And at the same time, they're trying to progress with lifting some heavy shit. And at some point, like diets just don't mix with those kinds of goals because chances are you are not actually fueling yourself enough to, I mean, even a lot of these popular diets, like we've talked on here before, are not even enough food for an adult on a normal day, not doing anything super strenuous. Um, So if you're then trying to come and like deadlift your body weight, but you've only had 500 calories that day, like you're, you're not going to have the, you know, the progress that you're hoping to have, and you're going to feel lethargic and tired for your workouts. Um, So making sure that you are having a good amount of protein and a good amount of carbohydrates in your diet, especially on training days and like the day leading up to it is going to be important. And you're going to feel a difference um, in those training sessions for sure. Yeah, absolutely. From the nutritional perspective too, I want to underscore the potential for lag time too. Like, I don't Mm. don't know if anyone's ever experienced this where if you have a day where you just don't eat enough, you know, for whatever reason, maybe you were sick or maybe you were in a mood or whatever, you just didn't eat enough. A day or two later, you'll notice you're way hungrier than usual and you want to eat a lot more. So sometimes it might not be that day that you're feeling, you know, this, this lethargy and you're not really wanting to work out might not be that you need to look at that first day. You might want to look back a day or two and see if, if it could be that kind of little right. lag time there. So for sure, for sure. And that might even be in relation to that happy hour that you went to. Right. And yeah. perhaps, you know, and listen, there's no bad or good foods. All food is food, but perhaps you had um, an afternoon with some margaritas and some, you know, chips, or some nachos or some chicken wings or, you know, and it's not even like what you typically would eat. Like if you were making food for yourself at home, um, you might be feeling a little lethargic from a difference in your nutritional intake um, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like when it comes down to it, you know, when you are trying to work towards any type of fitness goals, you need to make sure you're eating enough got to make sure you're eating carbohydrates. I know. I know. You got to eat the carbohydrates. You got to eat the protein. For sure. So important. Yeah. I mean, and fat is like, I always forget to mention fat, but I'm like, fat's probably in most of what you're eating and we don't really need a ton of it in our diets. But I mean, fat kind of pulls a meal together. Like that, it adds that super satiating. It's usually like the yummy part. I mean, it's your it's in the oils that you're cooking with. It's on the toppings that you're using to kind of pull things together. So yeah, um, yeah. I love fats. Same. Same. Um, but yeah, that's not normally where I find folks that I work with are having like the issue. No, a deficit in yeah. um, deficit. I guess that's you know that's not where they're lacking. There we go. I like it. (laughs) I like that. So, yeah. So, and I mean, I guess this kind of rolls us into like the long term, um, like being stuck in a plateau, right? Because these same things could be impacting you, the sleep, the stress, 
the being well fed, those can all be impacting you um, in trying to make progress. And, you know, what I see a lot are folks, particularly women who are like, well, I tried strength training for two months and fuck this shit. It's not doing anything for me. And it's like, well, what are you doing for strength training? And it turns out that they were following and doing the same workout from YouTube or from Pinterest or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that. You're moving. That's great. Right. But you're using the same weights. You're doing the same tempo. You're doing the same amount of reps for the same amount of time. You're not giving your body anything to adapt to and continuously challenge it over a period of time so that you can make the progress that you are hoping to feel and see, Um, you know, and including if you are looking, because I mean, and I love the fact that more people are strength training and there's this, you know, push for, you know, everybody to strength train now. And part of that is also that diet culture has jumped onto that bandwagon is all and, you know, at also, and that the push to strength train for aesthetic changes, right? And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're seeking. But if you are hoping to get quote unquote toned muscles, that means that you need to be building muscle. And in order to build muscle, which is lean mass, right? In order to create that lean mass, you need to be continuously challenging your body because our bodies are super smart. And if there's no longer that challenge point, it's just going to like go through the motions. So um, this is where you might hear that term that's, you know, pretty popular right now because I mean, it's, is what it is, but um, progressive overload. And I guess what I mean by that is like, people just like say like, follow our structured progressive overload pro you know strength training program and people are like like what is that that just simply means that you're following a program where the workouts are specifically designed to continuously provide new levels of stress so that your body then has something new to adapt to and it's something that's like kind of in your stretch zone so if you have like your comfort zone and then you have like your holy shit that's hard that like that's like too much zone there's a zone in the middle called your stretch zone and that's where we want to be where it's like your last one or two reps of the exercise are really hard but you're still doing them in a safe sort of way right so if you're like on rep 15 and you're just like barely even have to think about what you're doing, it's time to change up your weight or the the workout that you're doing. Um, so that's the number one place where I see folks hitting a plateau. It's not like a plateau per se. It's just you're not really providing enough resistance for your body to change. Absolutely. I really, I like that. You know what? I'm going to make a visual because this is going on YouTube and I think that this is super super helpful for people. Um, I really like the holy shit zone. (laughs) That's what I tell my students. I'm like, we're about to enter the stretch zone. If you feel like you're in the holy shit zone. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that to them. (laughs) I really do hope that you say that. No, we call it the frustration zone. But I couldn't think of the word frustration in this moment. So I on YouTube, right? We want to be in the stretch zone, not the holy shit zone or the comfort zone. 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, it's, you know, the comfort zone is exactly what it sounds like. You, you could be doing, you know, your squats while sipping on a cup of tea. Like maybe you have like a little bit of sweat and like, listen, sweat is not necessarily a sign of like a good workout. Yes. Um, but if you're just like going through the motions and you've been doing the exact same workout with no change to the amount of weight that you're using, the reps that you're doing, um, the tempo that you're doing it in, the decreasing the amount of rest that you need. These are all examples of variables that could be manipulated to provide a new challenge point for you. Um, so if you feel like you're stuck or like strength training is stupid and doesn't work for you and you are just going to go back to endless hours of cardio, I want you to just take like a deep breath and kind of think about these other things that could be happening. Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the first things that always comes to my mind when I hear folks talking about performance plateaus, and this is entirely because of my personal experience, because, you know, apparently I'm all about me, um, but <laughs> is um, your form could be what is holding you back from progressing, right? If you were mm -hmm. trying to lift heavier or move faster or whatever your goals are, Having a second set of eyes on you to check your form can be extremely, extremely valuable. Um, I know, as an example, working out with you in the garage, Michelle, and I had been stuck at 135 in deadlifts since I came back from my injury for months and months and months. And literally, like, you took one look at me. And by the way, folks, this is a sign of an outstanding personal <laughs> trainer. One look at me and said, you're breaking at your knees before your hips as you lower that. Try breaking at your hips first. And literally within the next week, I was up 20 pounds in my deadlift, um, which was awesome. And literally, I mean, immediately I felt the difference in making that super small change. So if you're able to find somebody who is an expert personal trainer who is able to look and notice those small little things, it's amazing what little things can make a difference. Um, mm -hmm. And if your form is off, right? that weight's not going to feel as good. You're not being able to move as efficiently. So having somebody check your form or work out in front of a mirror or record yourself and then watch it back again. Um, I, I pretty regularly will set up a, uh, my phone and record myself doing my squats, doing my deadlifts mm -hmm. to, to check my form, um, especially on those days where you do progress those weights. Check and make sure your form isn't suffering because of that um, increase in weight. It, it's so valuable and it's such a simple thing. Yeah, for sure. Like the other day I had um, a member of Straight Up Strong message us and they were like, you know, I'm doing these chest presses. I'm doing these chest presses. I'm doing these chest presses, but I'm just feeling them in my shoulders and my triceps. And I was like, oh, okay. This is actually pretty common for folks to notice. And with a few small tweaks of where our arm and how our arms are positioned, we can generally then find our that correct position so that we are then feeling it where we want to feel it. Um, because again, our bodies are super smart and the stronger muscles are going to chip in as we get tired and as things get harder to compensate for the movement. Um, we see this in push-ups a lot too, um, where, you know, you're up. It always, I feel bad when I do this too, because it's like, 
I'm doing 10 push-ups on my toes. I never thought I'd be able to do this. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, but I've been stuck at 10 push-ups on my toes forever. And then I watch them do their push-ups and they're maybe only going halfway down or um, they're starting to bow their back. So instead of holding that like real tight plank position, there's a little bowing in the back. Mm -hmm. They're losing that plank because a push-up is essentially a moving plank. And so it's a lot of core strength going into that movement as well. Um, so taking the plank back to an incline, even ever so slightly, mm. can make a huge difference yeah. um, in practice as well as adding in eccentrics, uh, which again, going if we think about that, the different variables that we could do to help us make progress, um, eccentrics are great. That's when we go real slow on the lowering part of a movement yeah. and then keep the tempo the typical, so you'd count three to five on your lowering part of your push up and then push up on one. This is great when you are, you can do this, you're lowering yourself on your toes. And then when you push yourself up, because now your body just worked wicked hard to slowly lower itself, drop to your knees for that push up. But you will probably see some, you know, really nice gains in your strength by adding those in as well. Yeah, so that was a yeah. side note. Sorry. No, that's really good. I think for folks listening, right? Because you get to the point where you you want to increase your your strength, right? You want to increase your weight, but then you know, say you go and you pick up that weight, and you're like, I can barely move this, so maybe I'm not ready. But these feel really easy. What are some other things that like folks listening can try out to prepare themselves to jump off that plateau? Right. So. <laughs> Let's say you have a pair of 10 pound dumbbells and you have a pair of 20 pound dumbbells. All right. This is a pretty typical challenge that folks have at home. Um, the 10 pound dumbbells is too easy now for a set of 15. You're able to do a set of 15, let's say shoulder presses with the 10 pound dumbbells and it's not challenging for you anymore, yeah. but the 20 pounds are way too heavy to do 15 with. So what I would recommend is you use the 20s and start with, maybe you can do five reps with the 20, right? And then work your way back up through the reps. Like, so even if you are following a program, if you don't, and I do this, you know, Straight Up Strong is a group program. So it's program we usually put in 10 to 12 reps of things, but sometimes folks are ready to use a heavier weight, but 10 to 12 reps is too, too many reps for that new weight. Mm -hmm. So we just tell them to adjust your reps with the heavier weight and then work your way back up with that heavier weight. Um, so that's a good way of doing things. Also, um, adding another set in. So if you've been doing three sets of 15, maybe now it's time to do four sets of 15. Maybe you're decreasing the amount of rest you're giving yourself in between sets. Um, maybe, you know, these are all different things that you can do. Totally. Absolutely. I find, um, like, especially during like COVID when I was, you know, the gyms were closed and I was working out at home, um, wrapping a resistance band around my weights. Mm. I only had 10 pound weights for the longest time. Um, and then I found a single 15 pound weight at Target. So <laughs> 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 I'm surprised but, uh, you weren't having to fight for that. I 
I literally, like, I looked around and I was like, I'm taking it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm wrapping a resistance band around the 10 pound weights to give me more of a challenge until I could find a heavier weight was something that helped me a lot as well. So awesome. Fun facts, fun little tips and tidbits for folks listening. Yeah. And you know, if you are strength training and you're noticing that and like you're trying to change different things in your progressive overload, like those, changing those different variables and you're still feeling stuck. One of the things I typically ask clients to do is just make a note of how much protein they're eating in a day. I find that a lot of folks are not necessarily eating enough protein to be supporting the recovery and repair of the muscles. Um, that are being, you know, you get, when you strength train, you get these little tears in your muscles. When those repair, that's how your muscles get stronger and bigger. So if you are not getting enough protein to help you repair your muscles, um, you're, they're not going to get bigger. You're not going to get stronger, right? So making sure you get enough protein and then also making sure you're then getting enough carbohydrates to give yourself the, your body the fuel so that, especially after a workout, so that the protein can actually go and do what it needs to do um, is really important. But then also back to sleep. If you are not getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. that's when our body likes to do repairs. And, you know, if you're not getting enough sleep, that can be really detrimental to your training. Yeah. Um, so that's, those are always two places um, to kind of check in on yourself, how you're doing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't like underscore the importance of the protein and carbs enough. And I feel like that's something that folks, especially women struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're conditioned in this culture, carbs are bad, right? We're conditioned to eat as little as possible and it can feel counterintuitive to have your goal be to eat more. Mm-hmm. And it does take being really aware of what you're eating. Um, and so, you know, for a lot of folks, tracking is beneficial, but for a lot of folks, tracking isn't an option for them. It's triggering. Right. Um, it's too much. Um, so it's important to kind of figure out a system that works for you to have an idea of where you're at when it comes to protein and carbohydrates. You know, do you need to, you know, sit down with a calculator and figure out your exact amount on your own and be logging it to the gram? No, not, you know, unless you're, you've got very specific strength or physique goals, mm-hmm. no, you don't. Um, but definitely always seeking to, you know, my rule of thumb when I'm working with clients is aim for protein and a complex carb every single meal. Yeah. And if you can do it for your snacks too even better. You know, that's really For sure. what the focus is. And it's not a focus on restriction. It's a focus on like, you got to check this box. Yeah. So, so thinking about what you can add to your meals, as opposed to thinking about like what you're taking out. And I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, it can be as simple as like, just thinking about, all right, I want 15 to 20 grams of protein. If you're eating meats, it's about a palm size amount of meat. Um, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, things like that. And sometimes it's simply for folks who are strength training, uh, just just having an additional or one um, protein shake 
after, after your session. Right. And that 20 to 30 grams of protein from that shake can make a world of difference. It really can be something that that is that simple. And I think to your point about folks who have been in this, like in a life of like chronically dieting or chronically restricting, one of the like food rules that we often hear is like, get your, like eat your vegetables first or fill up on vegetables. And I love vegetables and I love fruit. But if you're then in that like mentality of like, I'm going to eat carrots for snack. Well, maybe you add some hummus with your carrots or some, you know, something else, um, some cheese or some deli meat or something. Right. Um, but because so many of us have been in a world of like, well, I got to try to eat the least amount of calories. So I'm going to like eat vegetables. Those are going to, you know, maybe fill me up with the least amount of stuff, right. Uh, Calories or energy. Um, but then we're missing out on all the good stuff that comes from, you know, protein rich sources, carbohydrate rich sources. Yeah. Can I tell you, I made the best freaking lunch the other day and I'm checking the boxes. Okay. So I took a can of tuna. I ate the whole can. Okay. Yep. Um, that's going to be 30 plus grams of protein right there. And I mixed it with QP mayonnaise, which you can now get at Costco. You can, I don't even know what that is. What's that? It's like the mayonnaise that they use in a lot of Asian dishes. It's got like a sweetness to it. Oh, mayo on sushi. It's QP mayo that they mix hot sauce with. So oh, I, I had no idea. QP mayo and hot sauce on the tuna. I made some just regular white rice. Yes, you can eat white rice. It's totally fine for you. Folks listening, not for you, Michelle. I know you know. <laughs> um, and then I did some chopped up cucumber and carrots and some scallions and some sesame seeds. And I drizzled that with some soy sauce and sesame oil. Oh, yum. I made like a spicy tuna bowl and it was bomb.com and I got my protein and my carbs and my fats and my veggies and I was fed for hours. I felt so good. It was um, yeah. That sounds amazing. Can you post that um, recipe on our Instagram page? I can, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like that sounds amazing. So good. Highly and now I will, I'm like drooling. It's almost, it's 1208. I'm like, oh, it's lunchtime. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's when it, like I always feel bad for Seth because he doesn't really like tuna fish and tuna fish is like one of the most efficient ways to get a huge bang for your buck protein wise. Yeah. So like those little packets of um, tuna, the star, star kissed, you know, cause then you can, I just keep a stack of them in my desk at work. And sometimes I just yeah. eat it right out of the packet. You don't have to drain yeah. it and they have really good flavors. Yeah. So they have a Buffalo tuna flavor and a ranch flavor. So sometimes I'll take two packets, mix them together and put them, you know, over salad or make a sandwich with them. It's very good. That's so genius. Mixing the buffalo with the ranch. It's like having Mm -hmm. buffalo wings. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. So if you like tuna, tuna (laughs) is a like, and I know there are people who are not into tuna fish, but um, it's like such an efficient way to get, you know, two packets is 30 grams of protein. So boom. Yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. Um, but yeah, that's neither, you know, I just wanted to share that with folks who are looking. Yeah. That was a little digression, but I, people are always like, how do I get, how, like, 
how do I eat more protein? How do I eat more protein? So I think, yeah, hopefully this was helpful for y'all. Um, if you're in that situation, enjoy it's delish. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess like overall, like if you are feeling like you're stuck in a place with your training or you have just started strength training and you're like, this shit doesn't work. Everybody's lying to me. Check in on the things that we talked about today and try making some of those adjustments before you throw it in the trash um, and before you give up on it. And I mean, ultimately, movement is good for you, whatever you're doing. But I'm just going to put the plug out there that like strength training is so useful for so many facets of your life, especially as you get older. So if you were, when we turn 35, right on our birthday, I'm just kidding. So like right about (laughs) 35. We start start to lose muscle mass. It's called sarcopenia. We start to lose muscle mass and every decade we like, it's like exponential how much muscle mass we lose. And when we lose muscle mass, we are increasing our risk of injury. We are increasing our risk of falls. We are, our bones are becoming more brittle. We're at a higher risk for osteoporosis. So if you do fall, you're more likely to break a hip or a leg or a wrist or whatever. And this happens as we get older. And the best way to help, you know, minimize these age-related risks mm-hmm. is to strength train. And um, the sooner you can start doing it, the better. But it's never too late. It's absolutely never too late. I last summer had the great pleasure to work with a 98-year-old gentleman um, on Zoom and did strength training and you know he was moving and grooving you know like so it's never too late to start and the earlier you start the more likely you are to be 98 and able to move with some mobility on your own right so that's my plug here yeah 100 (laughs) percent zero contradictions Back that 100%. <laughs> so overall, like, I know we talked about, like, a lot of stuff here. Like, we talked about, you know, the almost, like, the lack of motivation or the just, like, feeling, like, stuck in a rut in the moment yeah. with a workout, like, in that day or our performance wasn't great in that day. And then we also talked about, you know, over a period of time. Mm. Um, but really, like, if we're checking in with sleep, checking in with stress, checking in with food checking in if we are actually appropriately challenging ourselves in an appropriate way to help reach our goals. Um, Those are like the main points um, to kind of keep your head in the game and to keep you feeling like you are making progress. Totally. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Well, thanks for for listening. And um, as always, if you got questions, we want to provide you with answers. So don't hesitate to reach out to us. We have an email address. It's strong and simple podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at strong and simple. We have a website, strong and simple podcast.com. We're nothing if not consistent with our, we are very consistent, <laughs> um, except with dropping this episode on time, but, but we you know, <laughs> But you know what? This is like what episode fifty-five, and it's the first one that we've like yeah. not had yeah. on time. So I again, consistent as fuck. What I thought about doing was just like doctoring the recording that was only me and like <laughs> a new voice. 
just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the the um, what should call it? The teacher on Charlie Brown. Thought about it. I was like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I'll just re-record it. But yeah, we uh we appreciate you folks listening. Thank you for putting up with us, and um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, have a wonderful week, friends. This has been an episode of the Strong and Simple podcast. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics we've discussed or about any of our guests, please make sure that you visit us on Instagram at Strong and Simple Podcast. And if there's ever any topics, questions, concerns, anything that you would like to suggest to us, please feel free to email us at strongandsimplepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. We, Michelle Farrell and Marissa Zabo of the Strong and Simple Podcast, reside on Pawtucket land. We acknowledge the land and the Pawtucket people, as well as the land and the people of the many Native nations of whom the land belongs. To respect and honor them and their land, as well as to be mindful of the harm colonialism has and continues to do on the Indigenous people of the United States and the world. This land acknowledgement is our commitment to support Indigenous peoples and their voices in the struggle against systemic oppression and for human rights, as well as to push against the cancelling and erasure of their history, their stories, their culture, and their present. We encourage you to visit native-land.ca to discover whose land you are residing on, as well as ways to support Indigenous folks. content of this podcast represents the views and opinions of Michelle Farrell, Marissa Zabo, and their guests, and is not intended to be individualized advice or recommendations. Nothing in this episode is to be construed as medical advice or to substitute for individualized fitness or nutrition advice. Always consult with the appropriate professional for your own needs.